Lead Time is a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective, hosted by Tim Allman and Jack Kalliberg. Lead Time taps into biblical wisdom for practical solutions to today's burning issues. Each podcast confronts real-time struggles facing the local church in a post-Christian culture. Step into the action with the ULC at uniteleadership.org. This is Lead Time. Well, hello, friends. This is Jack Kalliberg and Tim Allman with Lead Time. Uh, we're excited to be here with you today. Yes, we are. Uh, we, we are. We're here to talk about systems, structure, and culture in the, in the age of post, post-modern, post-Christian uh, country, society. And um, today is going to be an interesting topic. We're going to be talking about the character of authenticity. And um, this, this is fantastic. Um, there's so much to talk about um, this particular topic of authenticity. What does it mean to be authentic? How do you even define that word? There is a, an incredible hunger, Tim, would you agree, mm-hmm. um, in society where people just want to say, I want to have authentic experiences. I want to live an authentic life. I, I think this has become almost a universal drive in people in today's day and age. Would, would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. We desire to be known. I think community and close connection is at a loss today. We're not growing in connection. And so there is this, and I believe it's been put in us by God. The creator has said, I want you. I created Mm -hmm. you. I desire you. This is why I sent my son to redeem you back to myself. I want all of you, the good, the bad, and the ugly, do not hide any part of yourself before me. I know everything, by the way. So first off, I think we start with the authentic conversation as it relates to God. How how close or near does he, and we, we often as Lutherans kind of bristle this, but does he feel? What is, that, what is mm-hmm. that connection to God? Is it an authentic relationship? And I would say unless that relationship with God is authentic, starting with confession, <laughs> starting yeah. with our brother brokenness and despair, unless we understand our, our inability on our own to develop an authentic relationship with God, he has to be the initiator. We are going to be uh, led in all sorts of um, unorthodox and uh, non-biblical anti-worldview, Christian worldview-centered mm-hmm. uh, view of, of our human relationships if it's not first centered in our need for an authentic relationship with God uh, shown in his son. Let's, let's pause on that for a minute. So um, let's just say I'm being authentic, just that phrase right now. I think, and, and, we, and we say that phrase from two different perspectives. One is, let, let's say, the, the Christian perspective, somebody who's been maybe a lifelong Christian, somebody who, and then somebody who's not a believer and kind of grows up in sort of this postmodern world where there's a different view of truth. The Christian who says, I'm, I'm the most authentic when is probably when they're saying I'm confessing that I'm a sinner. Yeah. Is that probably right? Yes. Like that's, that's, that's the Christian at their most authentic. I am a sinner, right? That's what I was I trying need, to say. You I, just said it yeah, very short. Ex- exactly. Yeah. I'm just being very concise mm-hmm. saying I'm a sinner. Um, and I'm not afraid to say that because that's what God teaches us. Yep. And he also teaches us that he forgives our sin, right? So I don't have to have any fear about that. This is about, being super, super honest with God, super, super honest with myself, super honest with my neighbor. I am 100% authentic when I make that statement. 
He did not come move across yes. the chasm. Yes, now, let me just say one other person. thing. He didn't come for the self-righteous or the self-justified. Right. He came for the sick and the sinner and the dying, right? So right. It, we have to start there with humility if we're going to have any sort of an authentic relationship first with God. Mm-hmm. Now make your other distinction, Jack. Now the other distinction is you move across the chasm, let's call it the faith chasm, and somebody says, okay, well, I'm being my most authentic when the things that the church or the Bible calls sin, I'm actually leaning into that because that's what I want to do. So I have a drive to do that. Therefore, when I live in that, I'm being authentic. Talk about that. I think that's a sinful position. <laughs> I think <laughs> right. <laughs> our posture toward, toward God then infuses us. It infuses humility into our relationships. I am not looking for anyone else to justify my behavior. Um, when God says, do not murder, do not commit adultery, right. do not lie, do not cheat and steal. Do not have even false motivations, even if you look into the secret heart. I am filled with sin. So I think that's our, our starting point today is if you're looking to have an authentic relationship apart from vulnerable conversations around your brokenness, you are going to be led in all sorts of non-biblical, very worldly uh, perspectives. That's the trajectory of that relationship. Yeah. If it's built on, if it's built, this is the height of humanism, right, Jack? A man yeah. at the center. Talk about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think this is what makes the whole discussion fascinating is because I can absolutely see the Christian and the non-Christian coming together saying, I'm being authentic right now. And that phrase meaning a radically different thing to that person, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, and this is the heart of it, Tim. This is the heart when we we study issues of what is the, the postmodern ethos, the post-Christian ethos, uh, the rise and triumph of the modern self, right? right? Is It's all about the pursuit of what they call being authentic, but it's also rooting this idea of authenticity as just sort of expressing my innermost desires and calling that good, (laughs) right? Without making the distinction that maybe my innermost desires are what we call sinful and actually very harmful to myself and others, right? (laughs) uh, So we were planning on moving in this direction, but I don't think in our culture today, you can disconnect a conversation on authenticity from uh, gender fluidity, right? That's in the back of my mind, I figured this is where it's going to go eventually, right? Yeah. So let's just <laughs> let's just expose it. Leaders yes. talk about difficult things. Uh, have you thought about the the interconnection and the interplay today in our culture between gender fluidity and and race? Like there yeah. is this weird dynamic right now, and I think in the the worldly narrative we have gotten it totally messed up that race. Right is static, oh man, and gender is fluid. In the biblical, <laughs> no, check this out. Right. in the biblical worldview, gender is static. Gender is male, female, and race is very is fluid. It's a social construct. It's a social construct amongst many, and we're, we're talking about it in the exact opposite terms as, as how God views it. I, I've been, I haven't heard it, I heard it recently on a podcast, articulated that simply, it, the world has been turned upside down. 
Things that God calls good are bad and bad good. Speak to that. We can't, so the way we come as biblical Christians to the topic of authenticity cannot be divorced from our cultural narrative today. Um, It's, we're confused. We're confused. The the way I've, you know, I've, I've had conversations, spiritual conversations with people about that. And they say, well, why, you know, and it's a challenging question. Why doesn't God accept this and accept this? And can, you know, why does he condemn these things? And, you know, these are ethical questions that people form in their mind. And the first, the first thing I, I think of as a believer is to say, well, if I have an opinion about something, you may have a different opinion. And then God, and I'm going to use the word, I'm going to say this in quotes, has his opinion, mm-hmm. right? The issue is, if we understand God pro- properly, God never gives an opinion. <laughs> he only gives what is 100% true. That's right. And so my opinion, this person's opinion, a third-party opinion, whatever we have, if it deviates from what God says is truth, it's a false opinion. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if I hold that opinion passionately, authentically, <laughs> right? It's still not true. Yeah. And so by virtue of that, it becomes inauthentic. Yeah, so good. So we're going to give you an acronym today uh, around uh, authenticity. Uh, you guys all know that acronyms are, hopefully you know, acronyms are your friend. It helps you learn new things. So our acronym for um, the most authentic life, now that we understand authenticity as it relates to confession before God and then confession before our brother or sister, we are going to learn something today. So that is our acronym, LEARN, for a learn. more authentic life. First yeah. off, we must listen. Listen first to God and then to trusted friends. A listening mm-hmm. to God must be rooted in his word. And then listening to trusted friends must be grounded in listening, discerning the Holy Spirit, and then entering into a relationship. Now, we're going to pause and just talk about what we mm-hmm. just uh, dealt with maybe a friend who is mm-hmm. confused gender um, and that whole conversation or is confused about uh, where is God in the midst of evil or yeah why is he allowing this struggle to occur in my life this broken relationship we are first going to listen and we got think of your ears one ear attuned to God and then the other ear by the Holy Spirit's power being attuned to that friend. That is one listening. Yeah. That's where we have to start if we're going to build an authentic life. Jack, comments on that? Yeah, I, I think so. This is a personal struggle that I always live through. I, I kind of think, you know, my my sin theme in life is pride. And so I'm always trying to understand how God is challenging me to be less prideful, uh, either, you know, from scripture or from friends, trusted friends like you, challenging me to think differently about things. And so I think the the movement in life towards listening is ultimately, it's a form of humility to hear more and speak less, mm. right? And if we allow God to speak rather than speaking at, now sometimes there's something hard on our heart that we have to get off our chest, mm-hmm. right? But do we set up a rhythm, a ratio of hearing more than we speak? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm getting at. Yeah. 
two ears, one mouth. So it, it should be twice as much. And if you're in a leadership role, <laughs> if you're in a leadership role, um, your voice, so we're speak to the pastors right now, your voice has an improportionate weight to shape culture. And so I talk a lot on Sundays, Jack. The rest mm-hmm. of my week, especially in one-on-one conversations or meetings, I, I really want to try to speak less. And when I speak, have it um, be something I have well thought out, listening to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me to speak truth in a way that people can uh, receive it and help it to come across in a tone that is accessible as well. One of your favorite questions, Jack, for one-on-one yeah. conversations is, is this one. I'm going to let you drop it because if you're going to write yeah. something down, if you're going to internalize leader, uh, a phrase for listening well and receiving maybe hard words of feedback, drop this, uh, this statement, Jack. Tell me something I don't want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Tell me. So that is a, that is a question that builds trust. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It builds trust with a teammate. It can build trust with a spouse or a friend and it can, you can really go deep with it and say, ask God, God, tell me something I don't want to hear right now. <laughs> mm, okay. And I, I imagine he'll find a way to, to share something with you. Yes, right? he, yes he will. Yes, he will. He will convict. Um, yeah. So first off, listen, build an authentic life. Listen. Second, empower. Empowerment says, I need your help. I trust you to do the work. I release my authority so that you can have the power to make better decisions. Jesus is the master empower. He released even in the midst of his earthly life, his disciples, Luke 9 and 10, to do what he did. He trusted um his, his followers. And this is kind of the crazy mystery of, of faith that we started out the conversation, Jack, talking about how we are broken, we're, we're fallen, we must confess. And at the very same time, as we walk the death journey, dying to self, being raised up anew in Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, he empowers us. And as leaders, we should empower others, trust others. Speak about empowerment, Jack. Yeah, and you, you said earlier, empowerment is is expressed through humility. Mm. Like I, I need to sacrifice the pride of being the person that does everything, being the person that makes every decision. So I sacrifice my pride so I can give that away, that that's an expression of humility. And I think it's also an expression of discernment. So here's, here's a, a challenging question that I'd like to give people is, are you willing to give something away, even if you know in your heart that you can do something better? Yep. Right? Now, you're probably in a role of leadership because you've done certain things really, really well. Right. right? You don't just fall into leadership. People, if, you, if, if you've been asked to lead, some, you've done something well. There's something that people appreciate you to lead. So there's something you do really well. Are you willing to give that away, even though you know you're better at it than somebody and this is this is where it gets into the intentionality of empowerment. Mm. You're empowering others because it helps you, but you're also empowering them because it's about developing them and helping them. They have to have the opportunity to learn. They have to have safe opportunities to fail. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that leads into the next one. So we have listen, empower, and then acknowledge. We're learning. We're building deeper, authentic relationships. So acknowledge your gifts and 
your gaps. We are not growing in acknowledging both our bright and our shadow or dark sides because we are all we always live in the gray and in the polarized culture that we live, uh, the hyper sexualized culture that we live, the social media culture that we live says, no, show me your perfect side and hide your gaps. Um, don't bring that out into the light. So do you have trusted friends that you speak openly about? You acknowledge these are my gaps. And then, Jack, you've spoken a lot about leading from your spiky strength. That's the nine lies of, of work. This is acknowledging, yeah. man, I am in my sweet spot. I like the 80-20 rule here. I need to be doing 80% of the things that are in my sweet spot. 20% of my time is going to be, yeah, and stuff that may not be in my sweet spot. I need to be releasing people to do those things, but speak about acknowledging gifts and gaps and leading from your spiky strengths, Jack. Yeah. So this, this is where um, maybe some third-party assessment tools become extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, you're a big fan of the Harrison assessment. Um, we're both big fans of the, um, the genius score that Patrick Lencioni yeah. puts together. Six types of working uh, genius. Six types mm-hmm. of working genius, right. Um, I'm a big fan of the Myers-Briggs. I think that's a phenomenal tool. DISC is a great tool. My view is like, as as you're moving through life, do do all of these things. It takes a lot of opportunities yeah. and understand yourself from all of these different angles and kind of understand in your mind, what is your spiky model? Where is there a gift that you have that just juts out and says, this is an area of exceptionalness. And you're going to know that when you work and you just feel totally energized by that work because yeah. that just that it, it aligns with your giftedness. And so you can just keep going and going and going. But when you're working in an area of frustration, an, an area of not where you're gifted, it, it's going to feel like, you know, if you, if you work in that all day, it's going to feel like that day takes forever to, right. get, <laughs> to get over because it's not your gift. Maybe not yet. Maybe that's something that comes in time, but at least at this time, it's not your gift. So... What does that look like then if you, if you are authentic, this is who I am and this is who I'm not, right? Yeah. These, I have statements I can say about that. You've got statements about yourself. I'm a spreadsheet guy. I am great at spreadsheets. I don't have the kind of um, natural relational charisma that you have. Yours is way off the chart compared to me, right? So there's different gifts that we both possess and we get to work together yep. And lean on each other's strengths. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just, it's just better that way. And um, yeah, for me, as it gets down into details and I love vision, I'm a very long range vision focused, culture focused, we're, we're on the way there and how well are we loving one another on the way to there? That's my, that's my sweet spot. But yeah, as it relates to the spreadsheets, the finances, the projections, the, you know, that's just, that's just not me. So I need, I need a team. I really believe leader that the differentiator in you growing as, as a follower of Jesus, as a leader within the church is going to be self-awareness, acknowledging, building authentic Mm -hmm. relationships, and then building a, a very, very high functioning team that all share uh, gifts and and gaps. So yeah, that's a that's a beautiful place to to be. And I just to speak to our culture right now, Jack. I've never been more pleased. I probably would have said that a year ago because I'm a really optimistic guy. But I've <laughs> I've really never been more pleased in where our team is right now. So building authentic relationships yeah. first. Listen, then empower, acknowledge. We're getting to. We're learning 
healing something here, right? So we're getting to mm-hmm. reconcile. We live in a cancel yeah. culture that's weakening our desire and ability to reconcile. So when we, let's just talk about when we're living in our gaps, when I am getting too intense, when I am dominating the conversation, I must reconcile with someone I've heard. And this is where EQ kind of comes in. Are we are we seeing one another's faces? And if you're in a position of leadership, speaking to pastors, how well are you acknowledging um, the faces, the, the nonverbals that are there in the room? And if you have said something that, ooh, may have pinged, there are there are points in the human face where you can see when something something hit someone in a wrong way and, and lean into that. Did I say something to offend you? If so, man, we need to be reconciled. I must reconcile the fact that I am both a saint and a sinner at the very same yeah. time. And so are you, Pastor. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, so I, I like kind of what you just leaned into this idea that there could be two opposing things and we can reconcile by saying both and, right? Mm. I love that. Saint and sinner, yeah. right? Um, let's see. What would be other examples of things that we could reconcile? It's obviously relationship reconciliation, yeah. right? Yeah. So you talk about speaking out maybe a little too forcefully on a topic that makes people feel uncomfortable. How do you reconcile that? How do you have the awareness to know that you may need a conversation to honor that person. Yeah. So if you've not, if you've not hung out with us on a, the American Reformation podcast, kind of longer form, we have a recent podcast on difficult conversations. This is kind mm-hmm. of leaning into that. The tension between two different stories. I come in mm. with my story. You come in with your story. The tension, think of a rubber band. The tension as you pull that rubber band apart, feel it between your fingers. In the middle there is that third story. In the middle yeah. is where Jesus is. Stretching out his arms and across to reconcile us to himself and giving us second Corinthians uh, five, the ministry of, of reconciliation. So last, uh, last one here. So we're going down, we're learning something around authenticity, listening, empowering, we're acknowledging, uh, and then we're reconciling where we have sinned. And then the N word in learn is saying no, <laughs> N-O, not knowing something, but N-O. This is the boundary word. No is not a four-letter word. Authenticity breeds boundaries. Authenticity recognizes your limits. You cannot be Jesus for people. Authenticity places yourself as a member of the body of Christ. You are not the entire body. Um, and there are so many pastors that are over-functioning right now with a burnout rate so, so high. Um, you need to, pastor, develop the courage to say to say no. Speak about uh, the power of no, Jack. Yeah, uh, vitamin N. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I'm going to give an example of why— no is healthy from, from another perspective. So let's say I'm leading a team and a team member comes up to me and says, hey, Jack, I got this great idea. It's got this plan. We're going to do this big project and everybody's going to get on board. We're going to do this thing. And I say, yes, let's do it, right? So immediately people say, wow, Jack's great. He said yes to this. Mm-hmm. Now I got another team member. He comes up to me and says, hey, Jack, I got another idea. Instead of doing this project, let's do this project. Instead, we're going to get everybody aligned on this other thing. And we're just going to do that. And I say, yes, let's do it. <laughs> and then a third person comes in and says, forget those ideas. Let's get everybody doing this thing. And I go, yes. And now everybody is 
furious with me <laughs> because I didn't say no. And I haven't even set um, a vision of why I would say no to something. That's the hard part. So um, the leader um, can absolutely kind of destroy authenticity by saying yes to everything and not really setting a, a vision or um, a boundary explaining in advance why you say no to things, mm. right? And so if you've done a great job communicating your your culture, your vision, your values, when you say no, it's going to make a lot of sense. That's, right. um, that's that's where I would go with that. Yeah, I think you were just telling my story, Jack. I don't think that's ever been... <laughs> Because I'm the I'm the yes guy here. I just preached about this recently. I love saying yes to, to people, and it leads toward ministry confusion, lack of clarity. Where are we going? Uh, it's the it's the um, I went to the conference, I learned this new thing, and now I got to come back and release it. And it's the flavor of the month, Pastor. He goes and learns this, and now we got to do this and this. Set a plan in place and be focused and disciplined on carrying out that respective plan. Uh, we've spoken yeah. a lot about the church engagement model. A lot of times we get confused. What is the job that we're trying to do right now? Is it attracting? Is it getting people, retaining, discipling people? Discipleship should be very, very clear, very, very simple to help people take their next steps for us as worship, small group, and serve. And then what is ongoing training on the upward draft of leaders being raised up? Like that's what we're doing here as, as a congregation at Christ Greenfield. We're, we're living that model out. And if it steps outside Side of that, or if it's a personal ministry, then it's no as it relates to that exactly work of the church. But it doesn't mean it's right. a no to that person. Get creative in right. your small group. Go out, start that, start that ministry. It's just that I cannot take responsibility for promoting or doing that respective ministry. God has placed it on your heart. Uh, get after it, and uh, we so will. So be, yes becomes yeah. Yes becomes reframing of yes because we're releasing you to That's do right. that. That's right. right. And we'll love to tell stories about the yes for that, but it doesn't necessarily, this is the tension, it doesn't necessarily mean the church is doing it formally as a, a ministry. Who is the church? You are the church, follower of Jesus, baptized mm -hmm. in his name. So build Amen. more authentic relationships by listening, empowering, acknowledging one another, reconciling when we sin, and then developing good, good boundaries. No is not a four-letter word. Thanks for joining us today. Go out and share the love of Jesus. Uh, be reconciled to Christ. Be reconcilers one to another. Have difficult conversations. Um, you receive people with love and care and kindness and also um, recognizing the log in your own eye. Then kindly as that log through confession and absolution gets removed, kindly take the speck out of your brother or sister's eye. Thank you for joining us today, Jack. It's always a fun time Take talking care. with you. And uh, uh, please, sharing is caring. Get the word out about lead time. And if the Unite Leadership Collective can help you in any way, uh, please hit us up, uniteleadership.org. God bless you. Peace out. Take care. God bless. You've been listening to Lead Time, a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective. The ULC consults and brings together cohorts of congregations to build the culture, systems, and structures of intentional discipleship multiplication. To go deeper with us, create a free login on uniteleadership.org for access to exclusive materials and resources. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.